geekiest show ever, number 13. Time for some more Star Wars. And it's time for Geekiest Show Ever, number 13. Usually I have either Guy with me or I have a David. Not this week. And uh, I've got a special guest with me this week, and we're going to talk about Star Wars. His name's Justin Bryce. Hi, Justin. What's up, man? You know, the people that are listening to this show are thinking, well, who the heck is Justin? I've never heard about him before. Well, <laughs> you're also on the MyMac podcast this week as well. You were uh, that... our listener invite participant. Yes, I was, and, uh, you and it was a lot of fun. It, it was a blast, and the funny thing was, I was talking about doing the Geekiest Show Ever, number 13, and both David and Guy said they can't make it. And uh, What's you up with that? I, you know what? I tell you, sometimes, those guys with a life. <laughs> I know. I and, mean, uh, did, did, they, did they not know, no, that, they knew. that Star Wars is going on? Star Wars, Star Wars is happening all around us. That's right. It's, it's every day. I don't know. That makes no sense, I it guess. It makes no but. sense either, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> but, you know, uh, you volunteered, and uh, we decided we we're going to talk Star Wars, even though we've had one Star Wars episode, but it's such a big theme that it really does warrant multiple shows, and so this is going to be the second one. And if we cover any of the same ground that we did in the first episode, so be it. Um, but it's been a, a, at least a couple months since we did our last Star Wars episode, so I think we're due for another one. And what is geekier so. than Star Wars? I don't think anything... Well, I would argue Star Trek, but that's just uh, me. Hmm. It depends on if you're going with a negative when it comes to the term geek. I think that was a well, very geeky thing I, at one time. I don't, I don't think, think it is anymore. Yeah, well, there also hasn't been a lot of Star Trek. Li- I mean, obviously, yeah, they, the new movie has has been out for a while now. And, uh, you know, everyone's kind of gotten to fill their Star Trek cups up a little bit because it was running dry for a while. All they had were you the, so? you know, you the think, stale shows. Do you think the hardcore Trekkies were happy with the new movie? Uh, that's what. That's all I've heard. I haven't heard anybody, uh, whether they're Star Trek geek or otherwise, come out of that movie and say, uh, not really, man, not feeling it. <laughs> that I haven't heard anybody say that. I, you know, and, the funny thing is, I think they took Star Trek more like Star Wars in the latest movie. Well, J.J. Uh, Abrams is a self-admitted Star Wars geek. Uh, he uh, he was he's responsible for Lost, correct? Yes. Or one of the people responsible. And and there's there's quite a few Star Wars references in Lost. Yeah, uh, Hugo just and, and, uh, in in the past and this last season was rewriting. Oh, don't tell me! Don't tell me! Don't tell me! Don't tell I me! I didn't see it. Okay, no, I won't no, say anything. no Lost. No. Okay, we won't mention Lost. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, the only reason I bring up Lost is because he's he's responsible for some of it, and he's put a couple Star Wars references in here, uh, the, the, or in there. And, and one of the one of the main ones that comes to mind is whenever they were trying to build a, a raft. Uh, one of the characters is like, no, 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 this one goes here, that one goes there. Yeah. All right? And I, you know, had to rewind it because I was laughing. Uh, it was great. But, yeah, so I think he took uh, a more Star Wars approach to Star Trek, which me being a, a big Star Wars fan, and I don't have anything against Star Trek. I'm just not like a, a diehard fan. I think uh, I think that it, it helped it a little bit because uh, you and I were talking uh, earlier 
a couple days ago, and I was talking about how I always think of Star Wars as m- more of a visual type of storytelling, and that's what George Lucas has always tried to get out there is that Star Wars is mostly uh, you know visual storytelling, which it's is his. Go ahead. It's more eye candy. Well, that and just the story is told more uh, through visuals. Like uh, one of the examples that uh, is prominent in my mind, and one of the things I'm most geekiest about about Star Wars is the lightsabers. The bad guys have red. The good guys have either blue or green. Uh, So you you could walk into the theater in the middle of of any Star Wars movie and see a lightsaber battle going on and know instantly who the good guys and bad guys are. Or purple just, in just, the case of uh, Mr. Jackson. Face wind. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think about true. purple lightsaber? I thought that was kind of cool. I am a huge uh, lightsaber geek. I wish they would have had more colors in there. Uh, but I, I do know the story about why... Because uh, one of the things that I always wondered about Star Wars... And again, going back to the lightsabers, is uh, why the hell Luke and Obi Wan had blue lightsabers in Episode Four, and then Luke still had the blue one in Episode Five. But then in Episode Episode uh, Six, all of a sudden this green lightsaber comes out of nowhere, and they do nothing to try to explain it story wise. Um, and actually, they do. I can answer that. He actually loses the the blue lightsaber. Oh, I know that. At the end but, of Empire, so he has to build a new one. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, I got that. But uh, the uh, they didn't they didn't try to explain at all uh, why green is now coming up instead of blue because Obi Wan's lightsaber was blue. Yep. And then and then uh, Anakin's lightsaber that was given to Luke was blue. Then Luke loses that lightsaber in uh, the fight with Vader in episode 5 when he gets his hand cut off and then in the in the books they explain uh how Luke went back to Tatooine uh in between uh Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi and went to Obi-Wan's uh house and Obi-Wan had spare parts lying around and that's how he you know, built built himself a new lightsaber, and if if you look at the actual what they call the hilt of the lightsaber, it's almost identical to Obi Wan's lightsaber. Yeah, oh, that would make sense but, then. Yeah, but they they uh, never explained story wise why he all of a sudden had a green blade instead of the blue blade. Well, the the reason is because there is no story thing about it it's because they had originally had luke with a blue lightsaber but whenever uh they were in uh the beginning of episode six whenever uh luke's fighting jabba's goons or whatever on tatooine the blue lightsaber was having a hard time being seen against the uh the desert backdrop and so they uh made a decision to turn it to green instead of blue and if you look at some of the early uh posters for uh, episode six, uh, you see Luke there with a uh, blue lightsaber. Interesting. So yes. when did you get in? Because you're younger than me. I'm almost 40 now. Um, and, and I'm 24. Okay, so when did you see? We have totally different experiences and outlooks on Star Wars. I grew up with Star Wars. I mean, I was seven years old when the first movie came out, so I was like the perfect age. And when the last movie came out, which I count as, you know, episode six, I was 13. So mm-hmm. I was a perfect age for Lucas to market to. 
Yes. And obviously, I think that helps me think of these movies is not just nostalgia, but part of my childhood. I mean, I grew up playing Star Wars. If I wasn't playing with the figures, I was playing with the ships. If I wasn't playing with the ships, my friends and I were riding our bikes and... You know, some of them were, if it, if it wasn't Smokey and the Bandit, it was an X-Wing <laughs> or a TIE Fighter or something like that. Um, so I grew up bandit. with these. When you grew up, these movies were old. You know, they were already, they had already been out there. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so how did you get into Star Wars? When did you get into it? Well, uh, I don't have an exact year, but I can tell you that one of the earliest memories I have is seeing Star Wars for the first time. And it's it's funny because it came on TV. I don't remember which channel because uh, I, I can remember a lot of crazy stuff about my childhood for some reason, like like what channel something was on. But I don't remember what channel. But I remember I was sitting... I, I had watched the whole movie and it was up... It was at the point where uh, they were uh, flying against the Death Star, uh, they being Luke and all the other Rebels and the X-Wings and whatnot. And... Uh, they were trying to blow it up, and I was sitting on the couch facing uh, one of the armrests with a pillow, holding the pillow in two hands, acting like it was a, like a, a yoke, like <laughs> I was flying an X-Wing, and had on a, uh, a, a really, really cheap NASCAR-esque helmet that had the little visor that came up and down. And not, not, I just want to put out there, because I'm not a fan of it at all, I, I despise NASCAR, and none of my family's into it, but somehow I had this helmet. Don't ask me why. But I was like uh, maybe four or five. And uh, so I, you know, in a way, f- have also grown up with Star Wars from an early age and uh, was exposed to the movies uh, around the same age as you. So I, I too, have also grown up with it, but uh, I didn't have a lot of the hype as far as going to the theater to see, you know, episode five or six or, or four even, uh, until they released the uh, special edition um, in the late 90s. Yeah, 98, I believe. Uh, 97 maybe. or 98. I, you know what? It might have been 97 because that would have been uh, the 20-year anniversary yeah. of episode one because episode one came out in 77. Well, no, episode four came I'm sorry, out I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Episode one. I've already messed up. Ninety-nine. I already messed up. Yeah, Yeah, you're. you're (laughs) Let's start it over. Okay, I got the date wrong. um, You know, there was a lot of debate when I was uh, between episode one and two. Or, I'm sorry. See, I just did the same thing between (laughs) Star Wars: A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. Whether there would be a new movie, and of course, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have fan magazines. Any of that kind of stuff, but. There was a couple of stuff, uh, a couple of magazines out there that if it had Star Wars on the cover or even mentioned Star Wars, either me or one of my friends would make sure we got a copy. So mm-hmm. we found out that The Empire Strikes Back was being made. And I can't tell you the level of excitement because you got to remember back in the 70s, it was, it was almost unheard of to have a sequel. Of course, The Godfather had a sequel, but that was an adult movie. That was, that was the uh, uh, the exception, not the rule. Exactly. So when we found out George Lucas was making a new Star Wars movie and that all the regular cast was involved in it, of course, mm-hmm. we were just ecstatic. We could not imagine what more could happen because Darth Vader was beat at the end, uh, but he didn't die. So we were all like, oh, is Darth Vader still alive? Is he going to be in this movie? And of course, you see him right at the beginning of the, the new Star Wars movie. 
Mm-hmm. Um, is Luke now a, a Jedi? Is he a real Jedi now? Did he learn? Who taught him? I mean, there was so many questions. At exactly. The, at the end of Empire, which I think that was 81. The Empire would have been uh, 79. 79? Okay. The, uh, w- even whenever the original uh, trilogy was being made and also the prequel trilogy, there were always uh, two years uh, in between each movie. I think either two or three. Th- uh, now I'm starting to second guess myself. But I, but my first, the first thing that came to mind was two years. I can look it up on uh, Wikipedia. Let's go up to Wiki. You know they have a, a special Star Wars Wikipedia that's called Wookiepedia. 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 Empire Strikes Back. I'll figure out exactly when it came out. The Empire Strikes came in 1980. Ah, so it was three years, not yeah. two years. Okay. And after we got done watching that movie, of course, it it blew my 10-year-old mind because it did not end on a happy note. I mean, who knew what was going to happen? All we knew was that Luke Skywalker got his hand cut off. Mm-hmm. Lando Calrissian was taken by Boba Fett. No, Han was. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Han was taken by Boba Fett. Um, the Empire looked like they were pretty much unbeatable, even though, you know, they, they did pretty good. <laughs> we There were so many questions. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the biggest one is Darth Vader, his father. Luke's father, yeah. Uh, now, well, now I, I'm interested to ask you a couple things about about your empire experience first time seeing it Mm -hmm. afterwards did you think it was a better movie than the original star wars oh yeah absolutely um and that's kind of rare nowadays um i won't say that's true of return of the jedi which came out in 1983 so those three years between each of the trilogy um at the end of jedi or at the end of empire strikes back um i went and saw it with a friend of mine and we actually stayed and hid in the movie theater and saw it two times in a row. That's cool. And there was a sense of, even the second time sitting down to watch it, there was a sense of, I can't believe what I just saw. Uh, mm-hmm. I, this exceeded the original Star Wars. It seemed more adult. Yes. Um, it had themes in it that really blew us away it changed the way we were going to play star wars when we were home Mm -hmm. because up until we saw return or uh, empire strikes back princess leia and luke were a couple yeah yeah and then you find out their brother and sister and that puts a different spin on your play (laughs) you're like ew um well yeah in fairness though that that didn't come till uh return of the jedi no but uh but, uh, but I think I see what you're saying. Leia it's it's was you going for kind hand. of seen that, that Leia isn't so much into Luke. It's Han who, yep. who Leia's kind of into, which I think at the end of episode four, you really, I mean, you would, you could, you wouldn't really, if you had to bet money on it, I guess you wouldn't bet that that's how it would end up. You would think that Leia would have ended up with the, the ultimate hero of the movie, which would have been Luke. But, yeah, no, I see what you're saying. Well, yeah, the the knight went and rescued the princess, and he gets the princess mm-hmm. at the end. But he didn't because it's his sister. Um, exactly. 
it just felt like what we knew about Star Wars expanded so much and there were so many more ideas to explore not to mention a lot more cool stuff coming out I wanted an Ad Ad Walker immediately I was like absolutely got to have one of those that is the coolest I thought the Ad Ads were just so cool they were the bomb and uh you know uh, one of the the vehicles uh or the vehicle really from uh the Empire Strikes Back, or at least that was introduced in The Empire Strikes Back, that really blew my mind, uh, or I guess I should say blows my mind now because I've only recently kind of come to really think about it and and really kind of come to appreciate it, and that's uh, the Super Star, Star Destroyer, uh, Vader's Star Destroyer, right? which uh, completely dwarfs any other ship that anybody else ever had. The Super Star Destroyers were um, what the Rebellion was most afraid of until they learned of the Death Star. Mm-hmm. Um, the Super Star Destroyer was... It, it had so many weapons. It carried so much stuff that if the Super Star Destroyer was coming, you got out of there. In fact, they explore this a little bit with the uh, the Tharn series by Timothy Zahn. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 the the Zonsu, yeah. yeah, One of the biggest losses for the Empire wasn't the the Death Star, which a lot of the Imperial officers were against building a second one anyways because the first one was so flawed, was that they lost the Super Star Destroyer when it crashed into the Death Star. And that was Mm -hmm. a bigger problem for the fleet than anything because the Death Star itself wasn't part of the Imperial fleet. It was its own entity. Exactly. And that was under the command of Grand Admiral Thar or uh Mo- Moff Moff. No, what was his Grand name? Mo- Grand Moff um Tarkin. I think you're thinking of but he he yeah, yeah, but yeah. He died the, in the first one. But first, they, yeah. the the books explore that it took so much money to build the Death Star that it really did put a crimp in the Imperial fleet. And that's what gave the rebels kind of a, a foothold to fight back. That they and weren't I think, getting the money that they should have, the resources they should have, because it was being diverted to the Death Star project. Yeah, and uh, the thing of uh, on kind of building on that, I think the one of the things because I really like Episode Six. I know not not a lot of people are into Episode Six because of the I, I loved and all it that. at the time. I loved it. I liked I liked the Empire Strikes Back better. Oh, absolutely. But what absolutely. I liked, uh, what I didn't like about Return of the Jedi was that it basically follows the same arc as the first movie. And they have to do the same thing at the end of this movie as they did in the first one, destroy the Death Star. I yeah. I thought that was kind of cheap. They but could have the, done the something thing, different. The thing I like about uh, Episode Six is uh, it's got my favorite lightsaber battle ever in it uh, between Luke and Vader with the Emperor sitting there, uh, you know, doing doing the Emperor thing, right? Trying to... Trying to turn each one of you know each one of them against each other, not like they weren't already against each other, but you know he it, it, it's almost like he could sense Vader, you know, oh maybe there is still good in him, so I gotta I gotta kind of pick at Vader a little bit to get you know get his anger amped up a little bit, and then I also really I gotta really pick it at this Skywalker kid because uh, you know it's it's uh, it's a win win situation for him because if Vader wins. You know they don't have to worry about uh, this pesky Skywalker kid uh, ruining everything. And if Luke wins, well, Vader, uh, who the Emperor thought would originally succeed him in the 
the uh, traditional Sith way, which is there's you know there's always two, and uh, the apprentice is supposed to ending up killing the uh, or the at teacher, least challenging him for the role. Well, no, he's supposed to kill him because the apprentice is supposed to crave the power that the the uh, his master has, and so that's all. That's always a uh, a uh, an. An assumed thing with the Sith that that that's how it's going to go. My apprentice is going to be, you know, I'm going to teach him everything, but he's going to end up wanting to take what I have, and I'm going to have to defend the best I can. But if he kills me, that means I succeeded in my job. It's very twisted. It but, is, but it but, doesn't always follow that role. If you look at the book series that are canon. Oh um, no, I, I some well, we, of the books we, are now a, establishing that there's entire. Uh, a planet of Sith, and that they don't. You're talking follow. about the most recent one. Yep, and the ones before yeah. too. Yeah, well, uh, even in one of the video games, uh, Knights of the Old Republic, uh, they refer to Sith more as people from this planet, not necessarily Force-sensitive beings who use the dark side in the way that they do. But but what I was talking about was uh, uh, the uh, the relationship between uh, the Sith master and the Sith apprentice. There's always that. Conflict. That fi- fighting, for, yeah, fighting yeah. for power, and uh, you go into it knowing that one day you are going to attempt to kill your master, and if you do succeed in that, you will then take on an apprentice, and you will teach him, and then eventually he will try to kill you to gain your power because that's the Sith way. He's always craving power, and so whenever uh, Palpatine in uh, the prequels this is something that I feel like the prequels really succeeded in, uh, really gave you a uh, just an an amazing view at at how Palpatine takes Anakin and twists his mind in very subtle ways all throughout the the uh, the prequel trilogy to get him to the point where he turns to the dark side. And so Palpatine's thinking, you know, here's this kid. The Jedi thought he was the chosen one. Whether he is or isn't is irrelevant because he's got the power of. You know he's more powerful than any of these uh, other force-sensitive beings, being the Jedi, and uh, so whenever he finally turns Anakin, he's thinking that that he he's you know if he was the director, there'd be no more movies because he has won the ultimate prize. He has gotten the most powerful Jedi over to his side, but he doesn't you know he can't foresee the the battle between Anakin and Obi Wan, and then Anakin. Falls, you know, uh, falls to Obi Wan, and uh, is defeated. Which was the dumbest thing. I agree. Yeah, and I mentioned this in the last Star Trek episode or Star Wars episode that we did, and that if you have the high ground, you're going to win, and if you have the low ground, you're not. Well, Obi Wan killed Darth Maul from the low ground. Uh, yeah, but yet somehow Anakin, who is supposedly more powerful than he is, loses. It didn't make any sense. There was so many yeah. flaws well, in, in the prequels. Uh, to me, the prequels, I hated the first one. Uh, the oh, second yeah. one got decent halfway through, and the last one was d- okay. But I don't think they really stacked up well to the original trilogy. Oh, absolutely not. And, I mean, I don't think you'll find anybody who will say that, yes, this this follows what George Lucas always claimed his original vision was, which was a you know, eight or however long all the movies are together. 
Uh, nine, you said? Yeah. Like a nine-hour nine movie. It's certainly not that. Uh, and he definitely, like, he told us, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to explain why uh, Obi-Wan's able to disappear and all this, you know, all this stuff. How, we're, you know, they were going to explain the Force ghosts and exactly, you know, how all this stacks up. And they they barely touched on any of it. In uh, fact, it if you... away line at the very end of the last movie. Oh, uh, yeah. friend wants to see you. Oh, I'm going to teach you he how to. Yeah, it was stupid. Teach how to commune with them. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was very, and it and it explained nothing other than the fact that that quite all it all it told us was that Qui Gon found some way to cheat death somehow and become part of the Force, but still communicate with with uh, whatever you want to call the world or living beings. I don't know, and uh, but it doesn't explain how Vader ends up with uh, Yoda. And Obi Wan at the very end, you know, where they're smiling at each other like right. they've been butt, like they just got back from the bar, you know, yeah, drinking. After this guy had decimated the Jedi Order, killed children. I mean, he did every despicable thing you could possibly imagine, and yet at the end, because he helped his son, kinda, he's a good guy now, and they just welcome him back. I don't know. I always looked at. Vader as, and we talked about this on the phone, the ultimate badass until the new movies came out. And then you go, wow, he was just some whiny brat the whole time. Yeah, and... but you also got to look at Luke. A lot of people say that about Luke. Oh, he was. He was definitely whiny in the first movie. But if you look at the character Luke Skywalker in Return of the Jedi... He oh, he was, was badass. Totally... Yeah, when he walks into Jabba's hideout just the, or whatever the, i mean yeah the the confidence on his face that you know he was telling java exactly how it was going to be and you could tell from the look on his face and from the tone of his voice that he meant every word of it and you know you can either like he said you can either profit by this or be destroyed you know i don't know and, and, I, and, I thought it was weak uh so many of the 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 aspects of the movie, but taken as a whole, I really liked them. Um, and like I said, Star Wars really changed my life. It opened my eyes to something bigger. To me, Absolutely. I always, you know, I, I thought it was a cop out that in the first three movies, in the original trilogy, George Lucas doesn't try to explain away what the Force is. Mm -hmm. um, and the only explanation he gives is it's an energy field that surrounds us and binds us, it's created by all living things. Um, that's something that we can understand and we don't need any more of an explanation than that. And it's almost a religious thing. And I think it, it's one of the, the best, uh, little monologues that, that Yoda gives Luke on Dagobah. One of the best monologues in any of the movie may, you know, might even be the best, uh, bit of, uh, best lines, I guess, given to any character in any of the movies. You know, I is what Yoda watching, says to Luke right there. Yeah, well, actually, you first hear that from Ben in the uh, in Ben's house on, De on uh, Tatooine, where he says, "The Force, what's that?" Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you, I thought you were referring to what what Yoda was saying. No, I meant when Ben first explains it. He says it's an energy field that surrounds us and binds us. It's created by all living things. Um, but the way Yoda explains it, much more in depth, he still leaves it kind of vague. Whereas oh, yeah. in the newer movies, they, oh, it's these microorganisms and... Midi-chlorians. It was, it was crap is what it was. It Midi was crap. Midi-a-crap is what I called it. Yeah. Um, 
And of course, I think George of mi- Lucas's playground. A lot of people say, "What's well, you know?" It's George Lucas's vision. He can do what he wants. You know what? Star Wars doesn't belong to George Lucas anymore. It really doesn't. It belongs in to all of us. It's in our collective consciousness now. Yeah. And I think that the worst person, the worst thing that they could do is leave George Lucas in charge of the Star Wars universe. I personally Absolutely. hope that somebody else just steps in, takes over, and and does something better with it. It's a great concept. All Lucas cares about is selling Happy Meals with a Star Wars figure now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's obvious that's all he really cares about. Um, well, I think that they're they're making some headway uh, there with uh, the TV show. I, I think the Clone, the, the Clone I think Wars. The Clone Wars is the best thing since Jedi. I really. I'll do. tell you. I think it's going to take a lot to to. Uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of a weird thing if you if you're a, a big Star Wars fan and you're into watching all the like special features that come on uh, on the discs, especially for the prequels. There's a moment whenever they're showing the making of of Episode One and. Lucas is talking to uh, Frank Oz, and Frank Oz is saying something uh, that that I can't remember. But it was he was talking about uh, referring to the legacy of Star Wars, and Lucas said, uh, "Oh well, you it is possible to destroy these things. You know, it is it is possible for Star Wars to lose uh, to lose some of the ground it has." He had, he didn't use those exact words, but that was the that was the idea. Is is if you don't do it the right way, then it's possible to lose the audience that, that you've already created. And I think that those those words, if he remembers saying them, I'm sure that they haunt him a little bit because I feel like that's what happened with the prequels. I don't think it haunts him at all. I think it's exactly the way he wanted it. Well, um, He never but, made the new Star Wars movies for us. He made them for little kids. And yeah. he didn't care about what came before. He didn't care about changing things uh he did what he wanted to do and the real fans be damned and i think that's what happened but well i think that you know whether or not that's true is is irrelevant because we're we're at the place where we are now as far as uh star wars as a uh, as a brand and and as uh as a franchise yes, and and i think i think that said i'm less of a star wars fan now than I was at the end of Return of the Jedi when I was 13 years old. Um, I was the biggest fan of Star Wars when I saw the commercials, the the trailer for the very first prequel movie. Oh yeah, it gave me chills. That oh yeah, you know I was the, the trailer first came out in 1998, so I would have been 28 years old, and I'm seeing stuff that I've never seen before. It's part of the Star Wars universe. It looked fantastic in that first trailer. Um, prepare for planetary invasion, and you're like, "Oh my god, this is going to be awesome!" And I, I, I stayed up nights just thinking about how great this movie is going to be. Mm-hmm. And to sit down when the Phantom Meta started, which I thought was a horrible name, but I thought, well, you know, there's got to be a reason for it. And George Lucas is a brilliant man, so it, it's going to be brilliant. And when I f- sat down, the first ten minutes, fifteen minutes of that movie was just. I was back in a time where the Jedi were badasses, that they weren't scared of anything. Here's these two guys that travel to the ship under diplomatic immunity, supposedly. They use their lightsabers to cut through this blast door. They're just badasses. They're moving, they're like supermen, and they can't be stopped. 
and then it all goes to hell in a handbasket pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And when that movie was over, I was less of a Star Wars fan than I had been before. And I kept thinking to myself, hey, was it really as bad as I think it was? It couldn't have been that bad. Every time I think that to myself and I go to watch Phantom Menace, the answer is undoubtedly, yes, it was that bad. There was the The acting was just atrocious. You know what I was noticing, though, and I was telling you earlier that the uh, A New Hope was on TNT high def the other day. Mm-hmm. And I was catching Spike parts said, of it. Or Spike, said, you're right, Spike. And I was catching part of it. And uh, when Alex Guinness was on. Alec Guinness. That's what I said. What did I say? Alex. Oh, Alec Guinness. When he was right, on, you, you, you'll get tons. You'll get tons of nerd letters. Yeah, probably telling telling you that it's Alex. I just thought I'd he, step it. When he's talking about the past, there's this glimmer in his eye, like he's really remembering what it was like back then. And having seen the prequels now, in the cartoon and all that, and you realize how much of a badass Obi Wan Kenobi was back then. Mm-hmm. And to see how far that he's fallen. What a brilliant actor he was. Absolutely. Because you see the history in his face. Even before you actually have seen it yourself. But now that we have seen it, the performance is even better. I You're agree. Like, wow, he was he was the man. And, you know, there's still that spark to him. When he says, you must come with me. And he looks like, oh, I can't do that. And he's like, ah, oh, that's your uncle talking. Um, it's the old... At the time, we thought it was just an old wizard trying to talk Luke into coming so he can apprentice and blah, blah, blah. That's not what it was. It was, he knew who his father was. He knew the potential this guy had. you got to come with me. We're going to go yeah. on an adventure. And he knew what adventures were all about because he went on literally thousands of them as a youth. And you could see that in his face. And I think that that's one of the things that they've done really well with the trilogies and especially the cartoons is they put more truth into the look that he was giving in the original movie than we even knew at the time. It, it It's really, it, it's honest. And you, there is really a history behind this little look that he gives Han Solo when Han Solo says, oh, it's just mumbo jumbo, blah, blah, blah. And he kind of gives him this <laughs> look. Yeah. You know, knowing where he's come from now and the stuff that he's done... It, it just adds so much depth to that character. It's amazing. I agree. I, and I also, I, I, I'll tell you one thing I don't like, and that's the, how under fire the character has come under about uh, the way, in that same scene, about the way he handles Luke's question about his father. Mm-hmm. You know, about how people people say that like he's one of the biggest liars in in the Star Wars universe. And I guess if you look at it, using his words a certain point of view uh i i guess you could you could say that but that i think that would be trying to look at it to black and white and you have to you have to think ex- about exactly what type of information you know for, forget the fact that he was a jedi and forget the fact that luke is going to end up being this you know heroic figure I mean, just think about what you're telling this guy about his his father. You know, well, he also he, knows who he, his did, he told was him and what he became. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. Like you're you're telling this kid that the you know the predominant bad guy in the entire universe is 
yeah, that's your father. And I served with him, and he was he was good up till you know, on and on. Uh, I don't know. I I don't I don't like the, I don't like uh, I think he handled it in in the appropriate way. The only way he could have at the time, because Luke wasn't ready to find out that his father became yeah, the biggest ass in the world. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is is I think I think Obi Wan handled it the appropriate way, and he, he if if you go back and you uh, and you actually pay attention to the to the words Obi Wan Kenobi is saying to Luke Skywalker, he's not telling him a lie. What he's doing is he's leaving out the part that says, "Oh yeah, whenever Darth Vader betrayed and murdered your father." What I mean by that is. He actually became Darth Vader, and Anakin Skywalker ceased to become a person. Yeah, I agree. No, I thought it was handled really well. I think Lucas explained away a lot of the inconsistencies, but he didn't do that in the prequels. He just didn't care enough to explain it away. Well, and... what 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 I've heard about about Lucas in in the prequels is that after they they were all made. And I haven't read an interview or, or or heard or watched an interview where he said this, but I, I I've got some friends who who are telling me about it. So it, if it's not true, then you know f me, whatever. But uh, Lucas has come out and said that all he really wanted to do was make the uh, episode three. He he didn't he didn't start the prequels again to make episode 1 and 2 he just wanted to make the the uh episode where darth vader you know became or anakin became darth vader and everything went to hell and so i think what happened was is he went he went and made the first two movies thinking that okay well in episode 3 we're going to explain a lot of this stuff that i've been telling everybody we're going to explain away we'll we'll uh save all that stuff for episode three. But then once he started writing episode three, uh, he just couldn't find the, the, uh, area in the movie or the, the time or I don't know, call it what I you just will. I think he couldn't be bothered. Well, I don't know. I think he, if, if it were up to him and I guess it is up to him. So I don't know what I really mean by this, but if he, re- I bet he wishes he could have, explained everything away a little I better i just think he's happy with the way it is and he doesn't care what we think of it i think uh, that's, i think that's the truth george lucas has never cared about the fans uh he'll play lip service because we we bought his mansion for him but when it comes right down to it he doesn't really care so jumping ahead to the next movie was uh episode one the phantom menace like i said when i first saw it i was just I was really depressed, but, you know, there was some very adult themes in this movie. I mean, Mm -hmm. it really kicks off because the Galactic Republic is this huge bureaucracy. Uh, It's corrupt. There's a lot of problems. And here's this guy, Palpatine, who sees a problem, wants to bring order to the galaxy under his rule, obviously. I don't think he sees himself as evil. But I think that over and above who and what Darth Vader was, that's really an ultimate bad guy. Oh, absolutely. Not just the power of the force and all that, but his political manipulations. 
I mean, he is in charge of both sides of this war. He's running a war where he's fighting who? Himself. To mm -hmm. set up the scenario that the Senate will approve direct military control and building this huge galactic army that he'll be in charge of to get See? rid of the bad guys who he's also in charge of. So he's consolidating power. It was, it was brilliant. And See, yeah, he that's... did it right underneath the nose of the Jedi mm -hmm. and all the other counselors and all the other senators. And, I mean, it was brilliant. And and he was he was able to pull off what he pulled off without ever literally except for uh at the very end when when he uh uh when the jedi went to his office yeah, and he gets busted. told him to yeah up to that point there there had been uh i can't remember how many years story wise but you know anakin was a little at kid least 20, and then, at least 20 yeah, years where where he never he never had to lift a finger no well, he he is not, to me maybe, maybe not i mean he was a sith lord and obviously but he never had the, he ne he never had to go and and uh you know do some of the battle he never had to fight any of the battle himself you know he never had to pull out his lightsaber and uh and kick some ass and you know in defense of the the sith well, beliefs I think he must or whatever. Have because he was very good at what he did oh yeah yeah that's what i'm but what i'm saying is as far as his uh his plan to become uh Supreme Chancellor, and then, you know, the saying, Emperor, "Okay, right now right. we're going to turn it to the to the, the Empire." Emperor. Yep. He he was he was able to get everybody to do his fighting for him. Yep. Up to the very end, where he got discovered, and even and, then, he still succeeded. That's that's the one thing about the the original trilogy that I never understood why anybody would really want to see it because at the very end, the bad guys win. It doesn't have a happy ending no matter how you look at it. At the end, all the Jedi are dead except for literally four. Luke and Leia and Obi-Wan and um, Yoda. Mm -hmm. Those are the only ones that survived, according to the movies anyways. Yeah. And, you know, they've written some books about how some of the Jedi survived. I don't know. It was just they were good books, but they were they were obviously just that they were just books they were like what ifs exactly um but uh, you, you know, know i luke's mother oh, dies ahead. because she's doesn't have the will to live stupidest thing ever i mean there i heard dumb. i heard a, a hilarious uh uh situation or or uh i don't know quite what to call it but uh you know how at the end of episode three when those those uh medical droids are saying she just lost the will to live uh that they were they were actually um and it, it this isn't like the way it was in the movie but just like a funny what if is uh what if those robots were just malfunctioning and that's what they told everybody who came through their little hospital <laughs> that like some, some guy had a heart attack and he died and they were like they just lost the, the will to live and all that and they, they were just malfunctioning and and that's what had happened I don't know. Or on a serious note, what if it was the Emperor himself who made it so they were unable to save her? What if his manipulation went that deep? If it, if it, I don't necessarily believe that, but if it did go that deep, you know, playing the what if, 
game, uh, then I think he would have killed the kids. I think so, too. And that's another huge flaw that they don't know that she had babies. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It was just so many flaws in the movie. Um, one of the bright spots was Ian McGregor, though. I think he Absolutely. did just a fantastic job. Unfortunately, one of the few still, bright spots in yeah. the prequels, and um, him and he and, didn't do uh, a good job in the first movie though. He started doing a good job in showing some personality in the second movie. I in agree. The first one, he was just like, "Yes, master. Yes, master." And it was this, uh, um, and and quite honestly, I know a lot of people like Liam Nelson or Neeson. I like mm-hmm. him too, but I thought he was horrible in the movie. I really did. I never bought the fact that he was a Jedi. Never. See, I I did, but that's because I hadn't seen him in like, I, I you know I hadn't seen Schindler's List, so I haven't I hadn't seen Qui Gon save Jews or you know anything else that he had ever done. That was the first thing I ever saw him in. So yeah, that probably uh, helped. So I I bought it, and whenever I watch Schindler's List, I always think to myself, Qui Gon Jinn saved all those Jews. <laughs> that he was indeed a, a true Jedi Knight and uh... saved. Jews from the evil Hitler. He was, uh, he, he, you know, I, I liked him uh, in a few movies. Um, Schindler's List, obviously. I mean, that that goes without saying. Absolutely, um, it does. What was that other one that I really liked him in? Next to Ken was a horrible movie that he was. I've in. Never seen it. Never heard um, of it. Rob Roy. That's the one I was thinking. That that was a pretty cool movie, and I liked that one a lot. And I thought that. You know, had he brought that kind of character to it, it could have been even better. But he did. Yeah, I, yeah. I haven't seen Rob Roy. Uh, I, I wanted to say he was in. Um, he was in Batman Begins. Well, yeah, that's that's probably not something to. Well, it wasn't. He wasn't too bad in that role. Um, actually, I think he's it was. It was, it was interesting to than, see him as a bad guy. Yeah. Well, hell, he was in Crawl. You probably don't even know what that is, do you? No idea. <laughs> Oh, Dark Man. <laughs> he was in Dark Man, which was pretty good. I haven't heard of that either. Um, I don't know. He's one of those actors that I can, I can do without, or you know, he's okay. I'll just put it that way. I was thinking he was in Miller's Crossing, but maybe he wasn't. Might be confusing him with somebody else. I, I've never. You and I must have two completely different DVD collections because I, have, I haven't heard of hardly any of those movies. Uh, you should. You, you never watched Miller's Crossing. I've never even heard of it, no. Uh, What's it about? I'm not even going to tell you. Just go get it. Run it. You'll like it. I guarantee you. Okay. What Miller's Crossing? Yeah. You'll like it a lot. Okay. It's about gangsters. Oh, sweet. Um, I, though, I, You know, like I said, The Phantom Menace really made me lose some of my fandom when it came to Star Wars. Which is now, let me, let me. Oh, I, I, it is unfortunate. But, but uh, my point earlier about, about bringing up about uh bringing up how how far Star Wars had kind of sunk with uh, the pre I personally loved episode 3 I told you that a couple days ago I I loved episode 3 but I think that uh the Star Wars franchise is well on its way to uh redeeming itself with the Clone Wars TV series I absolutely agree I think the first episode was actually the best episode as far as Oh, I Pure, yeah, I think so too. With Yoda trying to get from point A to point B, and the clone mm-hmm. army on hot on his heel, and you really get to see even more than in the movies what a badass Yoda was. 
And the 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 thing that I think, because uh, if you look at Yoda in the prequels, he's this very serious, you know, as I guess as he should be, because he's the head of the uh, Jedi Order, but just very serious, very you know, doesn't crack a joke or anything. But in uh, you know Episode Five, and I'll use a you know, yeah. and all that, and that's how he was in the cartoon. Is is he was he was very playful, uh, and you know, very serious when he had to be, but also. Uh, Oh, you got to see the side of Yoda that you saw in Episode Five, that uh, we really haven't gotten to see since then. I mean, we got a s- very small glimpse of it in Episode Six, but that was the know. first time we really saw the the Yoda that everyone came to know f- first and foremost. That was the first time we had seen him since then. You know. One of the things about the new series that bothers me about Yoda is how he's depicted then in The Empire Strikes Back. That he lives out in the middle of nowhere in the swamp. And he's basically, what, hiding from the entire galaxy? Why? Why didn't Yoda at least take out some clandestine missions to strike back at the Empire? I mean, he's just hiding out there in the middle of nowhere, waiting for what? For Luke to show up? Well... Did you ever read the episode three book? No. They they attempt to. Uh, it, w- it was a very probably the best Star Wars book ever. So any, anybody out there who's listening who who digs on uh, not only Star Wars but the Star Wars books who hasn't read or in my case I listen to the audio uh, book version. Uh, check out the episode three book. It'll blow your mind. It makes what in my opinion is an already good movie beyond great uh Hmm. but but they they uh they mention why he goes to dagobah and and that's because it has such a strong well first they you know yoda and uh, obi-wan are very set on the fact that some of the jedi who survived order 66 has to keep on going and that they they also talk about how uh, they're they want to keep an eye on the uh, Skywalker, yeah. yeah, the Skywalker twins, and so you know, they have to find places to hide out. So there's two of them, right? There's Yoda and there's Obi Wan. Yoda says that he needs to find a place to go, and they choose Dagobah because there's a very strong dark side aura there. And no one would ever think to look for a Jedi Master there. Yeah, and then probably mask his presence as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And then, of course, uh, Obi Wan says, "You know, well, I'll look after uh, Luke on Tatooine because there's no way Vader would ever step foot on Tatooine again with all the history that he's had on uh, Tatooine. So I'll go and watch over uh, Luke myself." on Tatooine. And so that's where they decide to go. So that's why he's kind of off by himself. But I think I I I think I understand what you're saying though. Like it, at the end of episode 3 when Yoda gets picked up by uh Bail Organa, he's like uh you know, I failed. I have you know, I need to go into hiding or or whatever. Yeah. I don't like know I don't know why up. he yeah, I don't know why he pushed out like that. I mean, I mean, especially when you look at the kind of character and a leader he is in the Clone Wars absolutely. series. 
I mean, he's a badass. I mean, he takes out whole platoons by himself without breaking a sweat. And it's a given. Like, people know, oh, Yoda versus this whole platoon? Yeah, okay, well, whenever Yoda's done with that, I mean, it's not even a question whether or not he's going to survive. Everyone knows he's going to, because he's Yoda. Yep. And And for him just going to hiding is... Yeah, they they explain in the book a little bit about about how Yoda was able to be beat by Palpatine in uh, in the their duel uh, on Coruscant in the uh, uh, oh, the Senate building or whatever. Yeah, and that's uh, yeah they uh, they say uh, that uh, Palpatine and and the Sith, the dark side, basically has been constantly updating like their their training like they they've been uh taking out what they know doesn't work or what they know might work but they will never use they've been taking that out of the training regimen and putting in stuff that that they know will work and stuff that they they know they will use whereas the jedi had become complacent in the fact that they are the you know highest part of the totem pole and that no one can really beat a, a trained Jedi, and so they've been so caught up in tradition, they haven't been keeping up with, uh, you know, they they've been so busy trying to worry about the Jedi tradition, they haven't been trying to update their tr- their training regimen and trying to update what they do to uh, keep up or something like that. Are you reading the newer books at all? Oh yeah, yeah. So you're reading uh, Fate of the Jedi, and you read the last one with uh, Jason Solo. Yeah, and I, I didn't. Darth Kytus. Kytus, however you say it. Yeah, I, I listened to the audio version, so I, I have the uh, extreme pleasure of correcting everybody on the <laughs> pronunciation because I've heard it firsthand. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I thought that I, I thought I the Darth Kytus saga was I, brilliant. I thought it was too, especially that first book. Yeah, that's what like, hooked me I, into it. Absolutely. I I never read any of the New Jedi Order books. Neither did um, I. I read some of the the books with the Yuzhan Vong or whatever. Yeah, no, I didn't read that either. Uh, it just I know Chewie dies in that series, uh, so eventually I, I did listen to that it. one. I did listen to that one. Yeah, but and that one that was interesting because he he died trying to save uh, one of uh, Han's sons. I think it was uh, Anakin Solo. Right, Chewie and dies. Uh, he also yeah died. yeah when Chewie died yeah and so like I lit. I, let me correct what I said earlier. I, I listened to the first couple books in that series, but then lost interest. But it was funny. They're not really funny, but just interesting because Han was holding this huge grudge against his son, who, uh, spoiler alert to anybody out there, Anakin Solo, Han and Leia's son, ends up dying somehow. Mm-hmm. I never got that far, but I know that he dies. And uh, uh, so, yeah, he has like some huge regrets about the way he treated his son whenever Chewie died. But, yes, Chewie does die. And then, you know, his his other son, Jason, becomes a Sith Master, which, mm-hmm. I, if someone just said that, I'd be like, there's no way Han Solo and Princess Leia's kid's going to become a Sith Master, especially coming from that family with Uncle Luke and all that. But the way it happens was just brilliant. It was, uh, yeah. It was on par, I think, with Timothy, Timothy Zahn's story. Um, the the Tharn series because that was the best Star Wars books up until then, and the new stuff, Fate of the Jedi. They've only had released two books so far, 
but it's asking some questions. I yes, I know I exactly really what like. you're talking about. Are you, you know, talking about about in the the first book whenever they're confronting Luke about how the Jedi follow their own rules yeah. and they yeah that, the government's that like me, you guys are super cops and you have who do you answer to? Why you have ultimate authority? Well, you guys have to work I, within our government here. Yeah, I, I re-listened to that a couple weeks ago, and it, it yeah, you're exactly right. It's something like uh, you go to to a bar. And you see something's about to happen, and you cut off the arm of some guy. And then whenever the police show up, you give them a few, you know, if few you words about around. how about how it it, it yeah. you know you felt it in the force. And then you leave before they say, you know, that okay, you're free to go. We don't have any more questions. Right. And then we're supposed to just buy that, like, like we we're supposed to trust you that whatever you say, the force is telling you to do something that it's the right thing to do. Who are you to skirt the law? Because you're you are still a citizen. Oh, I thought it was brilliant. It was a oh, question I, that I had about the Jedi for a long time. That when see, I, I when I was younger, I, I just kind of accepted it. Okay, the Jedi are like cops. Well, but they're not really because number one, they have greater power than anybody else. Um, they don't seem to answer to anybody. If they make a mistake, there's really no consequences. I mean, exactly. Luke makes a lot of mistakes. Jason becomes a Sith Lord, for God's sakes, brings the entire galaxy to its knees. And it takes Luke war. a couple books to even figure it out that he had turned to the dark side. It took him until the last book. It, that was a six-book series that took him to book six before he figures it out. And and, 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 and he kills Luke's wife, which... Yeah, Mara Jade. To those those not, not in the know, in the books, Luke ends up... Uh, getting married to another uh, former Sith, current Jedi well, woman. Well, she was never officially a Sith. Um, well, she was Darth Vader's apprentice. No, she wasn't. Which, oh, she, no, 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 no. You're right, you're right, you're right. She was the, the hand uh, of the Emperor. That's right, the Emperor's hand. That's yeah, right. That's, and that's, fact, that's part of the Tharn series, um, which I'm rereading it now because I, it's been so long since I read it that I thought I'd go back and reread it again. And it's. it's I should probably go back good. and listen to yeah, I don't read books. I, I listen to them. You so like, if there's to a book, series, it's it's probably the best Star Wars series uh, up until the Jason Solo one because that really set a new high. I mean, that was really good. There's some other good ones out there as well, like when Luke is literally going around and finding new Jedi. Um, I think I Kevin, Jedi. No, I think it was the Kevin J. Anderson series of books. Have you have you heard, have you listened to I Jedi? It's no, it's uh it's to told it. from the it's uh told from a first person point of view, uh and it's told from uh Corin Horn. Uh oh yes, I did read that one. That one's really good that's too. A, and that's another character that has a prominent kind of a prominent his kids do anyways in yes. the series. Yes, a prominent role in the new yeah. And I and, love uh, that what's afflicting these people. Um What do you think just, it is? What do you what do you think I, it I is? I think it's the Sith. I think it's that colony of Sith. Because in the newest book, they're flashing back a couple years where a ship goes to this planet and finds these Sith who's basically been stranded on this planet for years and years and years, generations now. We should mention ship is a, is a Sith training vessel or something like yeah. that that has its own it's, – it's alive. It's a, its own being. So that's its name, ship. And I think – And, and it, it is a craft, but it's also yep. alive. And that, so, and that yeah. was established in the last series as well, because Very Ben correct. Skywalker used it to get off that one planet. Yep. Um, and that's another character they're doing really well with, is Ben Skywalker. I agree. I'm really I agree. enjoying that character. I didn't think I would, 
I thought, ah, uh, they just got to give Luke somebody. But I, I am really kind of enjoying him. Well, I'll tell you, I, I'm enjoying where he is in in his his role in the whole Star Wars universe now. Yeah. Uh, with, but I'm I'm enjoying it because of what they did in the Legacy series. Absolutely. Uh, where just... where he was he was like all almost there, turning to the dark side, being uh, Jason Solo's apprentice, and then he he was able to. I can't well, remember that. exactly what it was, but he was able to fight it and turn away, and. Uh, he completely redeemed himself. Well, he was also and very so, militaristic too. I mean, because he he joins the GA as basically a shock trooper. Yeah, and, and he gets a lot of training from those guys, you know. And I think that actually helped him fight Jason's influence because he's a big Law and Order kind of kid now. And yeah, they've just really built this character up extremely well to the point that if they had a book where it was just him, I'd be all over it because I've kind of followed his career path if you will up to this point and he's a mm-hmm. really interesting character he's a very he, interesting character he, he's basically luke skywalker but trained from the beginning correctly exactly he's it's as if luke was not born into uh a life on tatooine on a moisture farm and he's also it was, an interesting character in that his dad is the ultimate badass jedi that everybody knows he's got the most popular and famous father in the galaxy Exactly. And I love how uh, it was in the first uh, book of the new series. Uh, I, I, oh, I can. Is Outcast? Is that right? Yes. No, I think the new um, one is Outcast. Maybe. Well, I'm talking about the first book in the new series. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, whenever they, they show up on this planet and it's him the and Luke. Underground stuff? Well, well, just whenever they show up to this planet and it's him and, him and Luke. Yeah, after Luke gets uh, kicked off Coruscant and. And he's like, Dad, they're they're they don't even know who you are. Why are we even here? You know, I can't I can't believe they're not showing you the respect. You're a, you're a Jedi, Matt. You're the, one of the most famous people in the entire galaxy. Why aren't they showing you any uh, special favor or anything like that? And you know, Luke at this point in his life is is past that. Yep. obviously, uh, because he's the he's. He's basically taken on Yoda's role as, as the head of the uh, Jedi Order and uh, doing a pretty good job of it, uh, in my opinion. Oh, I think so. And uh, so he doesn't have, like, the, the big head uh, on him that I would think that if the roles were switched and it was Luke uh, along Anakin's side, I think Anakin would have been a little... Like, if this had happened to Anakin, He'd I think he would have been a little upset that he wasn't shown any preferential treatment. Right. But uh, but you know Ben is starting to because he you know his like you said his dad is one of the most famous people I mean imagine the most famous celebrity on our planet and then bump that up a couple levels and then that's what that's what Luke's level of celebrity is in in the Star Wars universe in this point in time and so his kid is obviously you know uh, used to all that and he and he gets upset whenever someone doesn't show him that kind of respect and I th- I. That was something that I thought that uh, the writer, obviously, I can't remember who wrote it, but uh, the writer obviously didn't have to put in there. But just the fact that uh, it just shows the, the a the difference between him and Luke, b yep. the fact that he is he's still a uh, he's still yeah, a kid, yeah. yep, and uh, three it, it shows that even though he was able to to fight off the dark side, that the uh, the very subtle dark side influences are not completely 
gone from him. I like, and I, I, I think, here's I think a they did it for you. They've okay. established in in these in the books and all that Luke is the most powerful of all the Jedi. Do you think his son's going to be more powerful than him? Because if you look at Luke, he had one parent as a Jedi. Ben had two. I think. I mean, his mother. Uh, that's Mar- a tough Mar- question. Jade. You also you also have to to keep in mind that with the solo kids and again for anybody out there who, who doesn't follow the the books but who, who are interested in in where these characters are now the solo kids are kind of like the the star pupils of of the jedi order right so to speak uh jason solo before he turned to the dark side was like their uh if if they were to put out a brochure about why why you should respect or think about you know, submitting your kid for the Jedi Order, they'd have a picture of freaking Jason Solo on the cover of that thing because he was like the the star of the Jedi yeah, Order. He was a poster child, absolutely. Yes, he you know he had he was he was the hero in several different uh, several different books, and he was you know he turned to the dark side and became super powerful, but not uh, for evil and reasons Jan- though. And that's what I like that they they don't portray him as an evil character. He just sees that the galaxy. Is way screwed up, and that. Well, that's that's a twisting it. of the dark side, though. That's I mean, well, if I you go that's back what to the dark the... side, is I I don't think, and I've said this in the past. I don't think that they play it in black and white in the movies, but in the books themselves, I think they do a much better job of shades of gray. I also think that there is no dark side or light side. I think it's all the same force. It's just how you apply it, and that well, makes yeah. it either good or bad. The Force is the Force. I mean, there's no way to get around that. And there are dark... I mean, because, again, it's all relative, right? I mean, if there's no light, how could there be a dark? And and it goes... But, but what I'm saying is... is uh, uh, You know what? I can't I, remember. I don't, I don't think there is a light or a dark side of the Force. I think it's just an application that you either well, well, use yeah. it for selfish reasons or not. And that they consider, you know, if if you're using the Force as... Um, for revenge or personal gain, then they basically say, well, that's the dark side of the force. Well, I think that's the dark side of human nature. I think that's what the dark side is. Oh, I absolutely. Don't, I don't think there's dark side energy and light side energy. That doesn't make any sense, well, not, even within the Star not Wars in this, universe. Not in this lifetime, right? obviously, or in this reality. But uh, there there was a video game, or a couple video games, uh, that... Uh, Jedi Knight video game, like the Jedi Academy and Jedi Outcast or something like that. But the the point I'm trying to, to bring up is is you could make your character go towards either the light or dark side. And uh, the way you did that was investing these points you would get at the end of a mission into certain force powers. And all the dark side force powers were offensive in a way, like the force lightning or force choking or yep. or something like that. Whereas the the actual Jedi powers were all defensive, like uh, you could like uh, this force energy absorption thing. I can't remember what they called it, like force absorb or something. Where if a dark side character was trying to choke you with the force, it wouldn't choke you, and all that energy they were putting out at you, it would take it. You your character would take it in, and it would refill his uh, health, and you know to the point where you would you know, regain full health and uh, also be able to uh, resist all all types of uh, actual physical damage, like either with another lightsaber or with a blaster or something like that. 
And I think if you go and look at the movies, that's how it was. Uh, and that's the difference between the light side and dark side. Like in episode two at the end, whenever Yoda walks in on uh, Dooku about to kill Obi-Wan and Anakin, and Dooku's talking about how great he is with the Force now and throws that lightning at Yoda, Yoda's able to take it with his hand as his hand slowly, you know, all the way stretched out, slowly kind of going back towards his head and then pushes it back out, and he's able to take Dooku's dark side energy and throw it right back at Dooku. So... Yeah, it's just all in application. Yeah, it's, Absolutely. Well, and it's also all in mindset. And I think also in episode uh, five, Yoda mentions that a, a Jedi uses his knowledge of the Force for defense, never for attack or something like that. Right. You and know, uh, I like those choices between good and bad. And I know I talked to you about this on the phone, but now we'll record it. So it's official. <laughs> you have to go buy it. There's a video game called Infamous. Yeah, you were telling me about that. And it's very much force type of powers. I mean, you you don't have a sword or anything like that or telekinesis. Well, you kind of do. But, you know, it, it's lightning, it's it's uh, shields, uh, and you can go good or bad. And it really affects the way your character looks and his abilities. Um, open world, so you can go do and mess with people all you want. It's really a fun game. You should check it out. It's for PS3 only, but it's... It's worth every cent. I mean, it's one of the best games I've played this year. And, well, let's uh, be honest. If, you, if you're a gamer, you have a PS3. You, you, well, if you're a real gamer, you've got all of them, like me. That's true. <laughs> well, I, I have all of them, too. Well, but you know, I only Star play Wars, my... We could, we could talk about it for another four hours and, and, and not be finished. But this podcast <laughs> is finished because we're uh, approaching an, an hour and ten minutes or so. So we want to wrap up this episode of the Geekiest Show Ever. Um I think it's been a good time. It's it's fun uh, to it's talk been about a this fantastic stuff. time. Justin, I want to thank you a whole lot for being on the show this week, filling in for Guy and David. And of course, Man, I, I just want to go ahead. I just wanted to thank you for giving me the opportunity. Well, you know, I mean, you I... talk about on the uh, the My Mac podcast that was released today as well that you used to have your own show, and I think you know after doing uh, the My Mac podcast and the Geekiest Show, I think you're going to get bit by this podcasting bug again and, and jump back <laughs> in the studio and start recording because it's just a fun thing to do, you know. And there's so oh, many different subjects. Who cares what other shows are already out there? I think a lot of people think, well, I'd like to do a podcast, but you know, I'd like to do a Star Wars one, but there are already a whole bunch of those. Who cares? Do the kind of show, and I don't mean this just for you, Jason, but anybody listening, Justin. You ha- I'm sorry, Justin. <laughs> um, what did I say, Jason? Jason, yeah. Jason. Justin. You're, you're still you're still talking about Legacy of the Force. There you go. Um, if you're interested in doing a podcast, don't worry about the ones that are already out there. Don't worry about thinking I don't want to do this type of show or that kind of show because it's already been done. Do whatever you have a passion for, and you'll make a good show. And if you don't make a good show, who cares? It's just fun. It doesn't cost a lot of money. Um, unless you get really big, then it does, and then you can get advertising anyways, and it'll pay for it. But just <laughs> just do it. There's not enough good stuff out there, and there's too much bad stuff. And new good yes. stuff can't be created unless people listening to this show actually go out there and make something. Will it be bad at first? Probably. You're brand new at it. But just keep at it. Don't stop. If you go back and listen to even the first year of the MyMac podcast, it was crap compared to the new stuff. I mean, the audio quality wasn't there. You don't have to start out at a professional sounding level. Just just put something else out there. You know, let other people listen. 
Get other people involved. Have fun with it. That's what podcasting is all about, and I hope more people, including you, Justin, will actually <laughs> go ahead and start making some podcasts because there's just not enough out there, and I think that we need to have more podcasts from people rather than another NPR podcast or another oh, CNN absolutely. podcast. Or, absolutely. You know, we and, uh, need more independence. Uh, just a, a a really quick story, and then I'll I'll I'll, I'll plug uh, what podcast I've done so far. Uh, other than than yours, Tim. Uh, <laughs> um, I uh, I've been to broadcasting school, uh, and I also took a broadcasting class in uh, college about this time last year, and we had a uh, we had to do a, a weekly show, and I unfortunately was absent during the particular class where everybody teamed up to do a show and got stuck doing one by myself. And so I was like, well, this is good and a bad thing. A, I don't have anybody to throw any ideas off of. But B, that, that frees me up to, uh, do what you want. to talk about whatever I want. And I didn't want to hold, you know, tie myself down to one particular uh, topic. And so it, it kind of goes with your uh, geekiest show ever theme uh the name of your show i named i wanted to name mine geeking in your pants geeking <laughs> in your pants the teacher said no that that's a little too uh because oh i should mention the shows went out on the student the student radio station so, so there were any offensive anything yes yeah, so gotcha. it, it it ended up just being geek pants <laughs> but uh yeah i talked about star wars i talked about mac stuff and i'm also a big musician i'm a big guitarist and by big, I don't mean you, you've heard anything I've done, but like, you know, I, I'm into it very much so. Gotcha. And uh, so, you know, I talked about a lot of stuff like that. So, yes, uh, I am totally into the geek stuff. And uh, the name of the podcast that me and my, uh, my friend Kelly, who uh, I think I mentioned on the, uh, the, uh, my Mac as well, but I'll mention here too, is not a girl. It is a guy. Uh, there's some funny stories, I think, on the podcast about stuff that he's gone through having the name kelly being a guy but the the whole the whole mindset behind our show is called the jack off and it's j-a-k not j-a-c-k and the j-a-k is justin and kelly and our whole mindset was just just brutal brutal honesty about life so we tell stories we talk about girls situations uh and ev everything else in between there's no set sketch we just put them you know we we buy a case of beer Put two microphones down on the table and start recording and start talking. And, you and can find that on the iTunes store. Absolutely, just type in uh, the Jack Off, and it yeah, it's just it's just about uh, we don't hold back anything. Uh, we we totally make fun of each other. Uh, Kelly's trying to talk about how he's having a hard time with his girl, and and I I start trying to talk about how uh, it would be just an awful awful lifetime movie idea i mean we we totally rip on each other it's and we we don't hold back anything so if that's your thing and it is it is more than explicit i should say it's very explicit but uh if you're into that type of thing yeah just go on itunes search uh the jack off and uh as long as itunes hasn't gotten too offended by anything we've done which yeah, i don't there's think there's a lot of stuff out there that goes way beyond what you guys did well, I'm glad to hear that. But I just want to say to you, Tim, thank you so much for letting me be on here. And with this show and the MyMac, if anybody ever calls in sick or whatever, man, I'm here and I will be the first one here 
if if you're ever willing to give me another another chance. We'll keep that in mind, definitely. Uh, Absolutely. On the show, of course, we have the listener invite. We're booking into November now. I think that November's just about full, so we'll be looking at December. In fact, I'm looking at my calendar. November is full, so we're booking in December at this point. But uh, if you're interested in being on the podcast, on the MyMac podcast, send an email to feedback at MyMac.com. If you're not listening to the MyMac podcast and you've only listened to this one, give the other show a try. It's weekly instead of bi-weekly like this show. It's more about technology and Macs in particular and the Apple universe. But we talk about a little bit of everything on that show as well. Yes, you do. Um, we do want to thank you for listening to this show. We ask that if you are subscribed to it, please go up to iTunes and write a re- little review, rate the show. We're trying to get more listeners, and the best way to do that is to get more reviews in iTunes. So if you got you know two or three minutes, please do that. We'd really appreciate it. In the meantime, if you want to send us any feedback on this show or any of the other, on any subject, it could be Star Wars, it could be Harry Potter, it could be video games, it could be the latest movie, whatever you want to talk about, send us an email to feedback at mymac.com, and uh, we'll talk about it on the show. So, Justin, thanks for being on this week, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for letting me on. And we'll be back next week.